0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today, we have another bonus episode from our Achieve Freedom Now event. On this podcast, you get to hear a lot of what personal growth and spirituality in business means to me and Hallie. But today, you get to hear about that experience from another perspective. Our guest is Cody Jefferson. Cody is a father, entrepreneur, keynote speaker, coach, and Forbes contributor who shares with us his experience of living life in purpose and on purpose. Enjoy the show.
1: All right. So we're moving along to developing yourself along with your business, because as Adam, you have so eloquently said, use business as the conduit for your personal growth. This is the best thing. And it is really, honestly, I believe the blessing of being a business owner or an entrepreneur, because you have all of the opportunity to design your life around that business. Um, make sure that it fits and you can grow yourself inside business ownership. In fact, it's one of the best opportunities to do it if you're intentional and purposeful about it. And so personal growth and development has been your mission for a long time. I know um, it has certainly been mine in the last probably six to seven years and it's changed everything for me. And so we love this conversation. And today we have a guest that I also uh, met through some uh, some other social media platforms. I've heard him speak. He inspired me in a lot of ways. He inspires a lot of people. And so Cody Jefferson is with us today. He's a father, an entrepreneur, a public speaker, a life and business coach. He founded Lion Elite, which is a top-ranked coaching program for kingdom-minded entrepreneurs looking to live their legacy in life and business. He's a contributing writer for Forbes. He travels the country as a top 20 keynote speaker on the subjects of personal empowerment, spiritual fulfillment, overcoming adversity, and building business with exit in mind, all the things that we love to talk about, Adam. So I'm excited to have a conversation together, you and I, with Cody. Cody, hi, how are you?
2: Hey, how's it going, guys? Cody, how are you? Nice to see you. It's good to be seen and it's good to see you guys.
1: Awesome. And thank you for spending time with us. We know you're, you are you uh, are a busy father and uh, yeah. entrepreneur and doing all the things. And so we really appreciate the time that you're going to spend. Why don't you just go ahead and give us, a, a, in your own words, just a little bit about you and who you are and your background that might resonate with people before we get into some some questions that we can hopefully help people in their own journey uh, to uh, some of these the subjects you love to speak about and obviously live yourself, you know, like personal empowerment and spiritual fulfillment and all the great things.
2: Yeah. So, okay. 30,000 foot view. So first and foremost, we can take all the accolades away and do away with all that. End of the day I'm a dad. And so my son is outside of myself, uh, the most important person in my life. And um, his name is Stetson Foster. He is six years old. He's with me right now. And we are fully integrated into, you know, Parenting plus business. He gets to see behind the scenes of everything, uh, helping him tell a better story than than the one that I was presented when I was a kid, which is that money was scarce and that business is hard and everything is stressful. So we tell a different story. Outside of that, I was in occupational ministry for thirteen years. Traveled the countries as a, as a pastor, as a worship pastor, as a liturgical formations pastor transitioned a few years ago into the private coaching space. Um, Since then, I'm now on the board of nine companies. Uh, I'm a partner in a private equity firm out of Newport Beach, Um, advise a venture capital firm out of Houston. And yeah, I get to help good men become great and great men create movements. We've got got an organization that is about 4,500 entrepreneurs strong. And I get to travel. I get to talk about leadership and autonomy and turning your pain into power. And I get to sprinkle a little bit of faith in there as well. So, That's
3: awesome. I love how you uh, have your son next to you. I mean, that's one of the most important things I think we can all do in terms of just rearranging this word work. um, Because it's, you know, so many of us in business really love what we do. And it's like we, but we like hide behind the word. It's like, hey, I'm going to work, like trying to make people feel guilty that we're doing it. But at the same time, you kind of naturally want to go work in there Um, and then just kind of introducing and and explaining the meaning behind a lot of that stuff to your to your kids and to the rest of your family as well, too, so that they can be integrated along with that entire life. Um, So I love I love hearing you say that. What do you um, what does spiritual fulfillment mean to you?
2: Oh, it's a really, really. Great question. So spiritual fulfillment. So I, so everything I do operates through the lens of Jesus. So we have to kind of take everything I say with that hermeneutic. Uh, So again, I was in ministry for 13 years. I still am in ministry. I'm just not behind a pulpit. So the pulpit was preparation for this platform. And sometimes uh, I'll get an amen on this. Sometimes we got to get outside of those four walls to make the impact that we're called to. And so that's what I do now. So spiritual fulfillment for me, looks like one, uh, a combination of daily practices, because outside of the charismatic movement, spirituality was always a practice. There was a liturgy a work of the people. And so for me, my daily practices, uh, every morning I quote unquote write a sermon. So I spend an hour in the word and then in in a book, and I compile that into a a written document, a sermon every day. I've been doing this for years. So I've got boxes and boxes of comp books full of musings that one day I'll give my son and say, this is your dad's really haphazard journey of faith. It's not perfect. It's really messy. I catch atheist flu about once a month, uh, but here (laughs) it is, right? And outside of that, it's, it's living in purpose and on purpose. And Uh, what that means for me. And I think that what that means for people, because we can, the the idea of purpose has been a commercialized commodity sold by churches and by personal empowerment and personal development teachers, right? The idea that if you don't know, you got to have this one thing that you do, and that is your purpose. My purpose is just to love God, love myself and to love people and to help people tell a better story. And so anytime that I get to serve others, um, time that I get to walk alongside. So a lot of what I do is just walking alongside founders and entrepreneurs. uh, A lot of times in the scale to exit scenario and not so much on the business side of things, that's a part of it, but mostly on the fulfillment, like answering the questions that money doesn't. Mm -hmm. And you have to make enough money to then create the series of questions that you thought the money was going to solve. Because money does solve most, right? People that say money doesn't solve your problems, they don't make enough because it solves most of them. But then there are a new set of complexities that come as a result of solving those those questions. So those are conversations that I entertain a lot and walk with people through. So for me, the spiritual fulfillment is when I get to serve, when I get to love people, when I get to see them and know who they are and to celebrate their journey and where they're going, when I get to bring my son along into that, uh, when I get to celebrate that with my co-parents. That's spiritual fulfillment for me.
3: I think a lot of people, uh, you know, get in the business for money and then they realize somewhere along the way that this is not going to bring them and not going to satisfy that itch that's inside them. So what kind of, how do you work with people to understand that? Have you identified a number? I think I've seen some research that says like 75,000 that is a happiness. What what are you, in your experience, what number does that look like for you? And How do you start getting people to to realize that there's something much larger than themselves and that is really never going to solve?
2: When you say seventy five, you mean it's so like seventy five thousand dollars? Yeah, is that what is that what happiness is worth right now? There's a there's a. Are you sure? A, I'm, I don't know because of inflation. <laughs> I feel like it should be way higher. There's know. a big
3: study out there that says basically your happiness doesn't increase by more than like three or four percent after seventy five thousand dollars a year. In yeah.
2: Income. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I, I think it's all relative because I know people who make. Yeah, I'm from a small town in Oklahoma. I still live in Oklahoma. You can probably hear it in some of the way that I talk. I try to hide it, but it it sneaks out every now and again. (laughs) Don't let these tattoos fool you. I grew up on a on a tractor. So happiness is contextual. I don't think that money necessarily buys happiness, but I do think that money makes you more of what you already are. So if you're generous, and it gives you more opportunities to be generous. So for me, I would say that there is no limit. Like I don't want to limit what I can earn. So across the platform of of multiple equity and companies I and mean, we do we do multiple seven into eight figures
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's just scratching the surface we're not anywhere close to what god's going to do through this organization or through the holding company or through anything that i'm a part of because there's too many lives to impact when i was a, a pastor we would try to fund a well a year build a well and it was always pulling teeth because you're trying to get people to give outside of the normal giving We've built 30 in the past 12 months. It's not an arrogant statement, but that's just to say like money makes me happy because I get to give more away. So I want to make more to give more away. So Mm -hmm. when people are finding that the money isn't bringing about happiness or it's not bringing fulfillment, well, of course, that's because we're not tying it to anything bigger than ourselves. And we're thinking that by getting more stuff, we're going to create more happiness because probably as kids, we didn't have stuff. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of, you know, I work with a lot of parents Um, the affluence can actually create an adverse effect Mm -hmm. that I'm going to give my kids all the things that I never had. Well, the problem was your parents worked all the time, Mm -hmm. right? So typically, but money became scarce. And so money was the reason I, you know, for divorce, money was the reason that dad was always upset. Money was the reason that mom was always in the kitchen crying. Money is the reason that we don't have things we have. And then money was the reason for stress. Everything I'm doing, I'm doing for you. So wait, I didn't ask for that. And ask for you to go work yourself. I just want your time. So looking at money and time, what brings more fulfillment? Well, if you're making a lot of money, and you're not finding fulfillment. What are you doing with your time? And then what are you doing with those resources? So we look at, you know, how are you treating yourself? How are you treating your spouse? If that's applicable, how are you treating your kids? If that's applicable, because most of our kids don't need more stuff. They, what we're trying to do is create more of the experience that we never had. So it's not that anybody needs more stuff. It's that we need more time, affection, and focused love. And so for me, when I walk with people, and again, we're trying to answer a different set of questions, it's what do you really want? Like, what does legacy look like to you? What does purpose feel like to you? And then how do we partner the resources that you've created in your organization and your business to fulfill that deeper desire uh, of your soul's calling? Right. And so that's where we find fulfillment. And that's where we find the purpose is how do we make this money matter? How do we make this money mean something? Right. So if that answers your question,
1: I like the concept of time versus money, because we always talk to entrepreneurs, you know, in our coaching as well, Cody, and the the questions always, I either have, I have enough time, but then I don't have enough money Mm -hmm. or I don't have enough money, but then I don't have enough time. Like they Mm -hmm. can't figure out how to have both and part yeah. of that is um, just a conversation. I always say you have the freedom to make choices every single day. Absolutely. Are you making the right choices with the money and the time? Mm-hmm. Because you can have both. Yeah, <laughs> You're just not making the right, you just have thinking about it correctly. And, and when you don't think about something, In a in a certain way, you're not going to act in that way. And then the result is not going to be the same or what you want. So you've got to start with your thinking, which leads to the actions, which leads to the results. So how would you talk to someone about that when they come in and they just cannot figure out, well, how do I really make the money that I want to for the money that the good that money can do? Because a lot of people do have a vision for what they would do and what they would really love to do if they could make more money. Um, yeah. like everybody I think has that inside of them. They have that calling, they have sure. it, whether they shut it down or listen to it or not. Some people yeah. just don't listen to it because they don't think it's possible, quite frankly. Um, cool. Well, and then, and then, but I don't, then I don't have enough time because I don't want to I don't want to be that parent that doesn't pay attention to their kids, mm-hmm. but I feel like I have to work so much to make the money. And so then I'm just going to forego this, 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 this calling I have to leave this bigger legacy. Well, how do you walk through that? Talk to us a little bit about how you would start that conversation. Maybe what questions you would ask someone? Cause I think that's a big struggle for most. Yeah.
2: Of well, one, right. What do you want, mm-hmm. right? What, what does, what does success look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? What does it taste like? What is the experience? What is the number to that? Because when we, mm-hmm. when you say you want to make more money, I'll just send your ass a dollar in the mail. If you have more money, I win. Like coach of the year, <laughs> right? We have to be able to quantify it. And then we have people to, to say, Why? We have to we have to be able to articulate why this money is going to matter and why we need the resources we do, because then when we can quantify it, well, now it's just a series of of reverse engineering. Okay, if I want to if, if I need to clear, you know, most people say like the magic is like in seven figures. But if you're making 50 a year, 100 would probably be pretty great. 200 would probably be pretty great. 300 would probably be pretty great. So before we can get to this big milestone, let's set quantifiable goals that we can reach that are attainable. And then we reverse engineer that to say, okay, how do we solve this problem day in, day out, week by week? So for me, a lot of what I do is reverse engineer those goals into daily action steps mm-hmm. right? that, that we can look to, that we can track KPI or key performance indicators on, right? That, that we can we can track metrically to say, this is either getting me closer to what I want or not. Now that's going to be different in every single vertical. So for me to try to blanket statement would just be arrogant and not useful, but we start by defining what it is that you want, Mm
1: -hmm. why
2: you want it. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we reverse engineer day in, day out. How do we get there? This is the same in fitness. This is the same in your spiritual practice. This is the same in your relationship with your kids or your spouse or your friends, your family. Everything can be reverse engineered if we'll set quantifiable goals. The problem with most people is they say that they want something, but they don't clearly define it well enough to be able to put a plan in place, or they don't know how to put the plan in place. So if you don't know how to put the plan in place, right. Find somebody who does, Mm -hmm. I I don't have anything to sell you. You can can shoot me a message. I'm happy to look at whatever you want to show me. I'm a pretty uh, approachable guy. Um, But we have to look at if we want to make X amount of dollars, right? Say you want to make 30 grand a month. That's a thousand dollars a day for a 30 day month. How are we generating those thousand dollars? So we have to look at cash flow. We have to look at what those cash producing assets are and how we create momentum around those. It's one thing to make money one month. It's one thing to have a salary that's capped. It's another thing to be able to generate income that, that can then be turned into a cash producing asset. So for me, I don't have much cash on hand. I don't Mm. want it. I deploy it into investments that typically yield between 10 to 20% yearly. Why? Because once I get, you know, as much as my goals are in the bank, I'm cash flowing off interest and I don't have to worry about anything. Everything else is just cherry on top. But most people don't think that way, Mm -hmm. right? You wanna make six figures a year for the rest of your life? Cool, put like $1.4 million in the bank. Live off 10% interest if you can do that, right? It's not hard, it's just hard. We have to think about what it is that we have to, you just have to change your paradigm and how you view money because money's not scarce. They're still, they're still printing it by the truckload. It's not going anywhere. It's just, how do you attract it to you and how do you solve bigger problems? Uh, So my son that Cox was over here the other day, fixing our internet and the guy ended up, I guess, following me online, which is great. It's fine. You're this guy. I'm like, yeah, that's yep. How's it going? It's cool. And so stats and my son is like, yep. My dad helps people make lots of money. And so, God dang it. And uh, he's like, I know. He's like, So, what do you do exactly? And my son, six years old, just says, He just solves bigger problems than you. Wasn't <laughs> arrogant about it. Yeah. But that's the whole thing. You want to generate more income? We have time and we have value. Money is just yeah. a value proposition. So, if you want to make more of it, you just need to solve bigger problems that are of a higher pain threshold to people versus trading your time, because that's always a losing proposition.
1: How does personal development fit into this for someone who is just not thinking about money directly? Yeah. They're not, they grew up in a different time. Their parents didn't think like this. They hear you talking, they hear, hear Adam and I talking, they get a coach. We talk, we talk through this, but they have to change. They have to grow themselves. It starts with them. Their business can only grow to the extent that they do as yeah. a human be. So yeah. I know your journey has been a lot about that personal development yeah. through business success. Talk a little bit about how you think that
2: fits in? You want the real answer or like the oh. cute conference?
1: <laughs> oh, here we go. Brace yourself, everybody. We want the real answer, Cody.
2: It's hell. Yeah, it's not fun. Personal development is not. It's it's not your miracle morning. Personal development is not the book that you're gonna read. Personal development is not posting all your wins on social media. Personal. That's not what it is. It's not going to Starbucks and sipping your latte while you read Daring Greatly. That's not personal development. Right. That's great. That's fun. That's that's mm-hmm. I love it. Personal development looks like confronting every trauma of your life, mm-hmm. confronting every story that's no longer useful, confronting long-held beliefs. Mm-hmm. It, it, it will mess with you. In physics, we call it the principle of least path. Your, your brain just wants to follow the path of least resistance towards the the towards your cognitive bias. So if you're saying I want to make money, what you're saying is you don't make money, right? I want to be this. That means you're not. So we have to confront the story of why you're not and why you believe you're not. We have to confront the stories that money is hard, that money is scarce. I grew up in a single bedroom trailer. I grew up by a single dad who works harder than I will ever work. He's in manual labor. He owns a feed store lugging 50 to hundred pound bags of feed all day long. And he's 65. I don't work that hard. the story in my mind, when I got into this space was I don't deserve this Because I'm not breaking my back like my dad does. Mm -hmm. I don't deserve this. And you confront all of those stories. You confront the stories of your family and your friends who don't understand what you do, who call you arrogant, who call you entitled, who who will say that you think that you're better than them. Like you're going to confront stories consistently as you grow, and you're going to have to discern what's useful and what's not useful, what's true and what's not true towards the version of yourself that you are becoming. That means you're going to lose friends. That means you're going to lose people that are close to you. That means you're going to gain new people in your life. That means that old stories are no longer going to, going to be useful. And you're going to have to remove your need to be a victim to them. And that's hard because so many of us ident- identify with the victim because how we received love as children Some of us didn't receive love as children in the ways that is useful. And so now we've used coping mechanisms to try to exact, and all we're doing is exacerbating issues. Like personal development is hell, but it's Mm -hmm. worth it. Yeah, Overcoming money stories of poverty or that money is hard because that's what we learned. My dad always stressed out growing up, always never had enough, never had enough money. So in my mind, Mm money is always hard. Mm -hmm. People like us don't make money. People where I'm from certainly don't. I'm from small town, Oklahoma. Who am I to like, what? I wouldn't take over a $40,000 a year salary in ministry because nobody in my family made over $40,000. And I didn't feel like I was worthy to make more than that. Like, there's so many stories that we create in our head that justify our experience to justify why we stay small because we don't think we deserve any more.
1: Yeah. And so what it takes to get past that is a deeper acknowledgement of a, a purpose and what yeah, why, well, I was created to be bigger than this, but why was I? I mean, you have to sure. have something that motivates you to go through the hard. And I agree with yeah. you. Adam has said this. Personal development is harder than anything you'll ever do. <laughs> if you think business building is hard, try, try, to work through your own stuff because we all have some, yeah, you know, we've all got challenges, right? And I feel like I'm a, in a battle with my own mind every single day. And this so was simple, right? Mm.
2: Business is metrics, it's yeah. from KPIs, it's <laughs> ROAS, it's it, it's it's looking at systems and processes objectively yeah. with no emotional attachment. Yeah. And being able to make a decision in real time towards the collected efforts of what it is that you say that you want, what it is that your business is standing for and what wins look like quantifiably towards either the growth, the IPO or the exit. That's it, yeah. that's all we're doing in business. Business is never the issue. It's people yes. and our emotional attachment to ideas around what the business is and why it is or is not working. That's it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so we have to confront those stories. We have to confront that money is just an idea. It's, it's literally just an idea. It has nothing to do with your own personal value. It has nothing to do with your worth. It has nothing to do with, with, with anything other than your ability to solve a problem and transact value. So working with people, again, on the money side of things is helping you tell a different story about money that is not emotionally attached.
1: So quick question. We got a lot of great comments on your stuff here, uh, Cody. And since we only have a few minutes, I want to get to some of these. Um, well, first, I just want to give you some kudos because we've got lots of good things. Um, oh, good. Jesse Cody, amazing. Need more men like you. Wow. That's amazing. Great idea. Leaving a legacy for your kids. Um So what's the most impactful first step to change? Is it mindset? Is it personal development? Is it something Mm. else? That was a big question.
2: It is far more efficient to act your way into a new way of thinking than to think your way into a new way of acting. Mm. So many will start with like, I need to think different thoughts. I need to visualize. I need to visualize what being a millionaire feels like. You don't know. What are you talking about? You're going to visualize somebody else's contextualization of what that mountaintop looks like based off a book you're reading. You have no idea. What you can do is say, what are these people doing? And I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that every single day. I'm going to, I'm not telling you to wake up at five or four or three or anything else. I'm telling you that there are typically morning routines that successful people follow in some ideation. Mm-hmm.
1: Right?
2: So probably adhering to a morning routine and creating that sense of stacking wins and momentum from the time that you wake up, make your damn bed, right? Like will will start the process of momentum, being very clear on what you want and aligning your actions toward that. Listen, You're not going to feel like it. I can tell you you're not going to feel like it. That's why everybody joins the gym January 1st and they're done by February 1st. It ain't fun. Mm -hmm. And your brain's going to convince you of every reason to stop. So starting with your mindset is a a fool's game because your brain will do it smarter than you. Sorry. You've got to (laughs) adhere to habits. You've got to adhere to disciplines. And listen, you have to have focused accountability. I don't care how awesome you think you are you will not, statistically, you will not follow through on your own. I'm not saying you got to go pay somebody a lot of money to hold you accountable. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you need someone in your corner, a mentor, a friend, an accountability partner. This is why people hire personal trainers at the gym. is why people walk with me. Um, you have to have somebody that's going to hold you accountable to things that you say that you want, who's going to remind you of who you are, who's not going to shame you for wanting more and wanting to develop, right? But is also going to hold you hold you to it and call you out and not going to be nice about it.
1: I like this is in a great places where we're, we're um, lining up and I'll see if there's another question, but what I like you, what you said, and I think this is true for me is my mind is very strong. It's definitely smarter than me as a human being. There's no yeah. doubt about it. I battle it on a daily basis. And so mm-hmm. I have to set up my surroundings and I have to start just acting as if, and I have to have mm-hmm. My husband is my accountability partner because he has a stronger discipline that I do. That is just God. the bottom line. And if I start to fall off and listen to my mind, he is there to even just by actions make me go, mm, I, I'm not slipping this far back. I got to get back on track. And so that is what happens is that that's never going to end for me. Like, I just know that no. this this battle doesn't end. I will never arrive in one day. Just I'm just this disciplined person and everything flows perfectly. Well, Carrie, and there's a gap. I get nervous about that because they're like, I have not yeah. done this for the rest of my life. Yes. But there's I a gap. Always.
2: Yeah. So long yeah. as you're always moving forward, there's always going to be a gap. There's a, There's a skills gap. There's a relationship gap. There's a mindset gap. There's a wealth gap. There's always going to be a gap from where you are to where you're wanting to go. So long as you're always wanting to move forward. And that gap is where imposter syndrome lies. And so the way that we create autonomy and we we refuse the narrative is to do the things that we say that we're going to do. Integrity, confidence, that is all built on your ability to keep your word to yourself. And so the way that we remove imposter syndrome is we we look and we say, no, I'm doing exactly what I say I'm going to do. I'm doing hard things every single day. So I hear this story, which is just created to keep me perceptibly safe and to go backwards because we don't want a new level because new level, new devil, right? Mm -hmm. So my brain just wants me to stay safe, right? Principle Mm -hmm. of least path. I get it, but I'm doing all of these things. So this story isn't useful to me anymore. And I'm going to focus on the story in front of me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love it. And that's exactly it. Here's the thing. If you, that's perfect, create self-trust, just do it you say you're going to do, figure out how you can do that, realize this is going to be a journey for the rest of your life, but it's a fulfilling journey. You Mm -hmm. know, I don't think we want to arrive like some days I feel like I would want to arrive because it's hard work. And then I go, but would I really, probably not. Right. This is a really fulfilling journey when we know that we've done something better or we're a little bit better than we were last week. Um, that's a really, really good feeling. Doing the hard things is what makes you the happiest. I think, um, at least for me in personal development. So that's the encouraging part of it. The last comment was, Uh, Thank you uh, for being real about how hard personal development truly is. That's why I'm here. Great new perspective for me to consider. Um, Personal development is a lifelong journey that never ends. Thanks. Don't forget to to drop your name here, guys, by the way, for your free coaching. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much, Cody, for being here. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Cody, thank you so much.
2: Absolutely. Thanks, guys.
0: So thanks again to Cody for sharing all of that with us at Achieve Freedom Now, which is hosted by our sister company, Achieve Freedom Coaching. Personal growth and development is something everyone within our organization works on every day. And we value the accountability of coaching, which accelerates that growth. The one-on-one coaching opportunities provided by Achieve Freedom Coaching have had a dramatic impact on the lives of so many of our clients. Listen to this testimonial from Lauren about our Achieve Freedom Coach, Becca.
1: And here's what Lauren says. Becca's coaching has been instrumental in not only our company's success, but our individual success as well. She has helped us navigate through some extreme growing pains with her expertise. She will get to know each member of the executive team inside and out, strengths, weaknesses, areas of improvement, goals to work toward, personality, style, etc. She then listens to your current concerns and zooms out to the bigger picture in order to provide a clear plan of action to resolve the issue and move forward. Becca is positive and straightforward. She tells it like it is while still being encouraging, as a good coach does. For expertise in navigating organizational issues and various personality types has allowed our team to triple in under one year. If you are looking for a catalyst for change, no need to look any further because Becca is the real deal. She is an attentive listener, incredibly effective in helping identify the root cause of the problem and not just the side effects. And has an innate ability to push you as an individual in the company as a whole to reach past your goals and achieve success.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for that, Lauren. If you're interested in coaching with Becca or another one of our amazing coaches at achieve freedom coaching, head over to businessandlifecoaching.com
1: and schedule a free strategy call today.